The world as we know it continues to evolve and change into something that we can only hope to understand. This is why the registry continues to provide industry insights through personal interviews with the leaders who are shaping real estate on a daily basis. By subscribing to our podcast, you are helping us in our work, and we will continue to deliver programming such as the one you're about to hear. Please click the subscribe button and let your friends and colleagues know about us. It will help you and the industry stay ahead of the game. Sprinkler is the world's leading customer experience management platform. They help organizations reach, engage, and listen to customers across 25 social channels, 11 messaging channels, and hundreds of millions of forums, blogs, and review sites. Sprinkler is a global company helping the world's most valuable enterprises make their customers happier. Founded in September 2009, Sprinkler is headquartered in New York City with over 2,000 employees in 17 countries and 25 offices. In September of this year, Sprinkler raised $200 million on a $2.7 billion valuation. The fundraise was their first in four years with founder and CEO Raji Thomas telling TechCrunch that he is ready to accelerate Sprinkler's growth and needed cash to do it. Sprinkler plans to add another 500 employees to their workforce in the next 12 months. Today, we're speaking with Sprinkler's global head of workplace, Tony Vargas. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, Tony, where are you speaking to us uh, from today? I am calling in directly from the Bronx in New York City. I live right up the street from Yankee Stadium and just outside of Manhattan. So the fact that uh, you and I'm sure the vast majority of Sprinkler employees are working from home today makes me curious about your title. So as global head of workplace, you know, all the places people work, does that now mean that you're head of household for over 2000 people? I am sure that there's 2,000 people that wish I was the head of their household and, <laughs> and coordinated cleaning services and all those things for their homes. But that's, it's a very interesting question. It was the instant shift that my team and I made when we started working from home, when we realized that this was going to be a little bit longer than just June. Remember back in March, when we were like, ah, June, we'll be back in the office. Um, <laughs> our, instant, our, our instant reaction was, our homes are now our workplaces. So we are, we're no longer office managers. We are workplace managers and people are working from home. So that brings a whole bunch of opportunities uh, for us to delight our employees, as well as a whole bunch of challenges because we're working with, with elements and spaces that one, are not created to, to work in for eight hours a day, and two, that we have no control over. Uh, but, we did, but we did explore um, the different ways that we could help people make their homes a productive workplace. Right. And, you know, that actually leads me into my next question. So tell us a little about your role at Sprinkler, right? And perhaps you can kind of compare some examples of your day-to-day responsibilities kind of pre-COVID as opposed to today and help us get a sense for what a global head of workplace actually does. 
No, absolutely. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. I, uh, for anybody who is pivoting in their careers, don't be afraid to do it at any point in your life. I started as an office manager after a, a successful career in entertainment. I decided to move into the corporate world and I started as an office manager and I quickly realized that managing an office was much like managing a stage or managing a project or managing an experience, managing anything in hospitality, all things that I was very, that I was very used to and where I found where I found that synchronicity or where I found uh, kind of the, the same thing at the core is that in all those places I was creating an experience for the people that were interacting with it and evoking an emotional response from them right so if you're doing that in uh, in a restaurant you do that with ambiance you do that with food you do that with music uh, if you're doing it in an office you do it with the office setting you do it with how comfortable and productive people can be and for anybody that's coming into your space uh, in, in, evoking an emotional or, or provoking an emotional reaction for them, for your brand, for your story, for your culture, for your people. So, uh, so as a global head of workplace, as I, as I kind of moved up to be a, a regional facilities manager, uh, national facil facilities manager, and eventually global head of workplace, <clears throat> what I focus on is a strategy for our corporate real estate, so managing, sourcing our space, uh, making sure that we, that we have the right amount of space that, that we need, uh, fitting out those places to, so that they can have the environments that we want to offer our, our, our population. So having productive, clean, agile environments. Um, and then the daily operation of them. You know, spaces are living, breathing uh, spaces. Offices are, are, are living, breathing spaces that even when people aren't in them uh, require require attention, require maintenance, require uh, a little bit of attention. Um, we have a strong focus at, at Sprinkler on our employee experience and, our, and, and delighting our employees, making sure that they are happier uh, at Sprinkler than, than, when they, when they first, than when they first joined or on a, on a daily basis. Do the same thing for for customers, of course. But employee delight is one of our one of our top priorities. And uh, our our team through the through the spaces that we offer and the services that we offer and the employee experience that we offer um, always has at the at the root of it at the the mission of our team is to delight our employees to make sure that they are as happy as they can be when they come to work. That's interesting that you come from a background in hospitality, uh, as do I. I, you know, worked in kind of high-end restaurants for a decade back home in Australia and also here in the, in the States. Um, and you're so right. There are so many correlations between hospitality and, you know, the guest experience um, and, and workplace. Um, and it's interesting that you draw those parallels because it is definitely something that I've, I've noticed um, during my time as a, you know, in commercial real estate as well. It's interesting. And, and with, the, with the rise of corporate hospitality, uh, pre-COVID, and, you know, that's, that's never going to go away, but such a focus on experience and hospitality in many aspects of our lives, uh, it's important to have people within within the companies that do roles like mine that that are in charge of of the experience of anybody that's walking into the space and while they're while they're there so uh tony one of the things that we've noticed over the last decade is that your role so kind of global global head of workspace usually used to be under like you know the kind of the overall hr umbrella but that's clearly changed and i would argue in some cases, this role you know, reports directly to the CEO or the CFO. How is this organized with you guys? Uh, it, it, that's very interesting because 
at, at one point as we were growing, HR HR was a, a function of finance. So so the person that was in charge of, of places at the time, it was people in places, was was in the HR department, but it sat within finance. As we grew and and I developed I, I kind of developed the the department as we have it today at, at Sprinkler. I reported into CFO, so it was directly a, a function of finance. Now, uh, knowing that we're a cost center, I was very that I was very I was very intentional in in working with him to make sure that I understood where he saw the value in 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 workplace right that it is it is it just you know a box to hold people and do it as cheap as possible that's one strategy that some people that some companies might do and it, and that and that leads you to do a certain type of work but what i learned with our cfo is that he really found value in the experience that we offered in the hospitality that we offered employees um, i developed a mission and a vision for our team based on of course on the mission and vision of the company um, but our mission is that uh, people love the office and love coming to the office. Uh, now we can change that, that the people love the workplace experience and love engaging with the workplace experience. And our vision is that every interaction that we have with any customer results in them feeling better after they've had that interaction with us. And when I say customer, I say anybody from employees, uh, vendors, couriers, uh, messengers, Anybody who walks in the door and, and, and in the virtual world, they're still walking into your virtual world, right? So anybody that interacts with you is going to leave with an opinion about, about your space or about your company. So I wanted to make sure that every single person that walked into our space left happier than when they arrived, which is also the mission of, of Sprinkler as a company. Uh, so, so when I proposed that to our CFO, he was like, that's that's exactly where the value is. Yes, we're going to spend money, but make sure that people are having this amazing workplace experience. Tony, that's uh, that's that's very interesting. Um, so one of the things that's that's obvious as a follow up question to that is then you know now what you know how are you guys evolving that you know post COVID and what what are you what are you doing to kind of move that culture around and sort of make that you know make sure that that space is now welcoming, even though you know you, you're you're at I don't know twenty five you know percent capacity or 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 even lower, right? Yeah, so so I, I wouldn't even say post COVID. I would say amidst COVID, right? <laughs> amidst COVID, we're still we're still kind of in the in the middle in the middle of this pandemic, and we have some challenges that 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 we are facing. So obviously safety first. Most companies that have opened their offices are not allowing external visitors, right? Or, or, are, or are managing that very, very cautiously. Um, very much like the results of, of 9-11 20 years ago, there will be new standards for entering buildings once we return to a higher volume of, of office visits. Um, now in New York, for example, since, since then, Every every building requires a check-in uh, with a with a security guard. I imagine once we do return to that higher volume of office visits, there is going to be the temperature checks, the health questionnaires. Those things are I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon. In other in in on the other hand, I think they're going to be codified into the experience of arriving to the workplace. So what do you do? The same thing that you do with hospitality, that you do in hospitality or any other kind of experience. Give me a problem and I'll find a creative solution for it. And in creativity is where you're going to really have the opportunity to dazzle people. 
Mm. Right. So uh, yes, you can have somebody with a with a mask and gloves hold a, a temperature uh, a temperature device a temperature thermometer a temperature taking device a thermometer <laughs> hold it up to you and take your and take your uh, temperature or you can design a really great experience around that. Right. You can you can uh, design a landing station where people arrive and their check in their health check in becomes a part of their experience. And it can have all sorts of of visual codes to make people comfortable. It can have plants. You're, you're seeing my apartment right now. You see that I'm a, a lover of plants. Um, you, you can have a lot of plants to give people the sense of, of calm and nature that 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 comes to that. You can have welcoming messages that make them feel at home. You can have instructions in a way that is not just, that is just, not just informative, but entertaining. So now you've, created, uh, now you've created an experience around what would otherwise be a challenge. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the strategy that I set pre-COVID, or you know, the strategy that I had for workplace, and how we adapted it to, to looking at things at whatever stage we are. Uh, there are five things, I, I have a five pillar plan in my workplace strategy, and it's uh, looking at the environment, providing a seamless uh, experience, creating a strong community, offering hospitality, and obviously reporting. As I said before, we're a cost center, so without that reporting pillar, you, you can't scale it, you can't repeat it. So when I say environment, it's creating clean, agile, productive environments. When I say experience, it's just having fun and seamless ways of doing things. Uh, things that otherwise would be, like when you're going to grab office supplies from the office, that could be a seamless, fun, memorable experience to the point that you know we all walk around with cameras in our pocket. You, know, you might want to take out your camera, take a picture because it's so color coded or coordinated or anything like that. Building strong communities. Uh, I, I define communities based, of course, on dictionary definitions and, and, and research, but I define communities as um, a group of people with shared values and shared events and shared experiences, a breadth of history, right? So you want to create moments for people to have that history together. We, we are guided by the sprinkler way, which is our, our way of living, being, uh, and, and existing, uh, and it gives us our, our core values, our core beliefs, our operating principles. So we have that base. And creating some shared experiences on top of that uh, builds a strong community. And hospitality is anticipating people's needs. You know, when you walk into when you walk into a place that you've been to often, and somebody recognizes you and acknowledges you. If it makes you feel really good, it makes you feel seen. Uh, when somebody thinks about, so if somebody offers you the drink that they know you like with the specifics that, you know, that coffee with, uh, with a specific amount of sugar that you always ask for at the coffee shop, it makes you feel acknowledged. It makes you feel remembered. It makes you feel like you matter. So having that hospitality is a, is a crucial part of the workplace experience. All of that was, very, I'm going to skip reporting because we all know it's spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets. Um, but um, what, that was the way that I looked at, at building our workplace while we were in the offices. When we switched to working from home, I used those same pillars and asked my team to consider how do, we, how do we adjust those? How do we look through those same lenses within the situations that people are? So now we're talking about, and we mentioned it before, now we're talking about people working from home. So their environments is uh, their, their desk at home. So we gave them guides for using the five senses to create a mini environment in the little corner where they have their desk at home. Uh, we gave them guides on how we look at 
at setting up desks in the office so they can have a similar experience in their in their house make it look nice light a candle so it smells nice have a little soundscape so that you know it gives you it inspires you to work um you know and and things yeah, like those when yeah. we're talking about experiences seamless experiences we are, we are all geographically dispersed so each team having an FAQ type of, of page so that people that have questions have a self-service place to get that information, either department-wide or company-wide. Um, and also having office hours and, a, and some, type of, some type of a concierge, which in our case is, is our team, that if you're stuck with anything, you have somebody you can reach out to. So now they have a, a, an experience of, uh, of how to gain the information that they're looking for and so on and so forth. So looking at those five pillars and adjusting it to any situation that we're in, which is the same thing we'll do amidst COVID and post COVID. Yeah. And, and really quickly, I mean, you skipped over, over reporting, but I think that's a very actually important Don't make me do it, Vlad. Don't make I, me I do it. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. No, I'm no, kidding. No, no, I, won't, <laughs> I won't go, I won't go into it. But, but the, the only thing I'll say is you're, you're also making decisions yeah. based on that data. This reporting is not just to your CFO to show them, you know, certain things, but you're essentially quantifying the qualitative issues or, or, or the qualitative sort of aspects of, what the office is and how you're managing it. And I think that's actually very important um, and uh, probably a something that others should try to do as well. Extremely, extremely important. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that, that we're, we're very fortunate, as I said, that our CFO believes in us having, and the CEO has built a company on us having a, a great uh, employee experience. And we have the resources to do it. But you have to be responsible with those resources. Right. So you have to see if those resources are landing in the way that you intended them to land. If they're if you're measuring when you're measuring that they that you're using them in the in the way and that they're landing in the way that you intended to use them. If not, we'll shift your strategy, you know, but but that reporting is, as you said, it's the data is extremely important to gather so that you can scale and repeat and scale and repeat. Yeah, I think, you know, for all the kind of. Uh, office brokers like myself out there listening to this podcast, I think that's such an extremely progressive way of looking at our product, if you will, right? Workplace is our product as well. That's the product that we're selling. So looking at it through those, through the lens of those five pillars to make sure as a broker, Hey, are we ticking, you know, the environment, you know, are we making sure that the environment segment or the environment pillar is being ticked off? You know, are we considering hospitality elements that we can bring into the marketing of space? You know, um, the reporting goes without saying as well in our yeah. way. It's probably pretty similar. But, um, you know, I just think that's a, a great way to break down the product in which we're, we're selling, which is workplace. And that's, yeah, Jack. And I tell you when I, when I talk to, when I talk to my real estate, to my broker's team, um, I, I, I always mentioned that the future is hybrid. Mm -hmm. I always mentioned that the future is hybrid because does that mean that we're going to have less square footage once we, once we, once people are using the space differently? I, I don't know. It might be, it might be that you need more because when people are, are there, they're using the space in a different way. Um, so, so considering, considering uh, the experience that people are going to have at home versus the experience that they're going to have in the office and how the two are related is 100% um, so a conversation that, that anybody needs to have when they're, when they're considering a new right. space. Right. The value associated with the actions that take place within the work, the workspace, I should say, the office workspace may change and take it into a more valuable uh, segment, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, the actions, the types of, 
uh, interactions that we're having, the types of tasks that we're working on within the office space may have a higher value than they did prior. Um, if all we're doing is ideating and getting creative in the space, then I would argue that we're putting a higher value to that space where that can take place versus the data entry or, you know, repetitive tasks that we can kind of do from home. So right. it's the two are very uh, intertwined, if you will. And then I'll, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw in another metaphor. And this just came up for me. <laughs> Oh, sorry. There's my dog. Hey, working from home. Um, uh, there's a uh, there's a metaphor. I just I just came up with it, so it's not fully fleshed out. But I have seen um, business attire uh, that is now elastic bands or softer materials or feels more like the sweatpants that we've all been wearing for eight months. So that's and and the reason I bring it up is because I don't know if it happened for you guys, but the first time that I put on slacks after a couple of months wearing sweatpants, I was like, oh, I'm not sure that, you know, like I need something a little bit more comfortable. Um, and not just because I, <laughs> not just because I ate everything through the pandemic, but um, no, but, but if, think about it when, when we, when we return to that higher volume of usage of office spaces, we will all have been at home for almost a year and a half, maybe two years, depending on when that moment comes. We will all have developed some habits that are pretty, that will be pretty significant when we, when we choose on how to engage with whatever space we have. So we 100% have to consider how, how, do we, how do we make this transition from home back into the office work for these companies and for the people that are using and for the people that are using the space? Um, so I want to I talk about the growth of Sprinkler real quick and, and in particular your role in workplace and that growth. So, you know, in the last two years, Sprinkler has grown its headcount by more than 50%, I think, um, to over 2,000 employees, um, you know, right around the globe. As the head of workplace, you know, what role have you played in scaling the headcount? And two-part question, second part being, what are a few kind of tangible examples of some of the headaches or challenges uh, that you had to kind of overcome along the way? In interesting. It's, it's an interesting take because we... We enter, we enter, we we grow, we grew by acquisition back in 2015, 2016, and then we've grown kind of organically, organically throughout. We haven't done many, many more acquisitions since. So we always enter a market uh, and kind of grow organically from there. So once we establish, uh, you know, uh, a presence, then then we grow that business. I'm in the middle of of one of those right now, which is the first time that I'm doing it since the first time that I'm, that I'm expanding a space since the pandemic. Um, and obviously, how much square footage used per person is very different now in November 2020 than it was in February. So I worked really closely with our finance business part, with my finance business partners, to know exactly what was a projection of growth that we were going to have. I run a lean operation. Uh, some of my, some of my uh, uh, colleagues in the company might even say that I'm a little stingy with space. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm not one to to like hold back space, but I really want to make sure that we make the right investment in in or that we use again that we use those, those resources um, properly. And and I and I like to get creative about how we use the space. If we're not using the space five days a week, uh, well then then what opportunities do we have where we might be a little bit tighter um, when when we're all together in the office 
but when you look at the at the grand scheme of usage, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense to to expand. So I, I, I run it pretty lean. I, I had a nice formula there. Always keep keep my ear on the ground. So talk to talk to salespeople, talk to leaders, talk to um, the the different decision makers of the different functions. And let them tell you, yeah, I'm hiring 10 people to my function, even though you know that it might be just three. But when, when they say I'm hiring 10 people to my function, you understand the magnitude of where, they're, of where their department is going. And you can have an, uh, I'm not going to go out and source 10 people for that team, uh, space for 10 people for that team. But it does give me the impression that over the next three years, there will be 10 to 15 people added to, to, that, to that particular department. When I, I do that a lot, and then I go to, fist, to finance business partners to adjust the reality. So kind of dream, dream with the dreamers and dream with the leaders so that, so that I can really understand how people are thinking, um, how the, uh, I, I can't know every single um, function of the business. So that's, that's my way of kind of talking their, their language of growth. And then, you know, coming back to reality with finance to say, all right, so the 25 people that, that, that you have in your scope really is 10 people now, 25 over the next two years. You know, so adjust, adjust to reality. And that's, and that's how I operate. It's, it's purely collaborative um, and, and always human-centered. So it's never like, I never start with a spreadsheet. It's interesting to hear that, uh, that you're going straight to the source, if you will, the, you know, the head of sales, head of customer success, you know, head of a, a segment. Um, I, I'm curious as to the role of HR as well and yourself. Uh, I'm sure, you know, they play a big role in headcount projection, projecting and that sort of thing. But it's interesting to hear that you're, you're going straight to the source. Is there a reason for that or? No, it's just, it, it, it's just, as I said, cause I like to, cause more than the number, I like to, I like to get a sense of how they're thinking, you know? So, so I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention so much to the 25. Actually, uh, uh, HR is my other finance business partner, HR business partner, right? So I always, I always talk to, to those two to adjust. Um, why? Because HR is the one that's going to approve, uh, make, make the final request to finance for, the, for that headcount, right? So, or they're going to work together to, to figure that out. So if I, if I talk to HR first, I'm going to the data first. If I talk to the leader first, I'm going to the I'm going to the human first. So I like to talk to the human to get a sense of of how they're thinking, how they're how they're feeling about about their growth, how they're how you know. What, I like to get in their head a little bit, and then and then go to the data people and and adjust to reality. So Tony, um, are you? I'm sure you are. This is kind of a you know rhetorical question a little bit, but um, what what you do is an expression of the culture of the company, also, right? Because what where people work and how they work and who they interact with, obviously, is 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 a very strong aspect of that. As you've grown, how have you managed that, and and how do you continue to do it now in this sort of new new normal, if you will? Well, what's what's very interesting about about the the current situation that we find ourselves in is that people have had a people have had a more chance to do things have more chance, more time really to do things that are that are personally 
matter to them. We're, we're all kind of geographically limited. You know, we don't, we don't travel like we used to. You don't travel for work, certainly like, like you used to. Um, so people have had to kind of sit down and they've had to explore different, uh, different passions and different things that they like. Most people ended up making sourdough throughout the, the beginning, sourdough bread throughout the beginning of the pandemic. But a lot of people also went hiking and went for walks in the middle of the day and learned how to brew the coffee the way that they like their coffee to be brewed and took on arts and crafts projects. So there's, there's a lot more personal interest that's coming into each, each person's life or, or things that they're interested in personally. They have the opportunity to do that a lot more. Then as people disperse in terms of, in terms of those interests, then you want to bring them back together with that fullness, right? Because now they come back as a little bit more fuller as a human being and you want to center it back in the culture of the company. So um, yes, it's all decentralized because everybody is geographically dispersed, um, but you want to find a way to bring that back to a center of culture. And a center of culture can be a newsletter where you feature your employees. It can be a recognition program where you feature your employees. It can be uh, at town halls and meetings where people get a chance to uh, convene after they've been exploring all these other things and share a little bit about it. Now, there's two things that we did at Sprinkler that are fantastic. One, we implemented the heartbeat call uh, for each team. And that is it. At the beginning, it was once a, once a day. Now we do it a little bit uh, at different cadences, what works for each team. But it's a time for the team to get together and talk about everything other than work. So you do 10 minutes, 15 minutes when you just talk about talk about life. Uh, you can put in a theme. It can be a fun conversation. It can be a game. It can be anything you want to. But it's a, a, a moment to to share and connect outside of the outside of the business section at scale at the grander scale um we we put together at the request of our ceo we put together a daily update show so we have a, an internal daily uh talk show which to the surprise of very few people i co-host um <laughs> but we call it uh, the daily joe with tony vargas and joe charnitsky is my co-host um and very interestingly Joe is very witty and he's a storyteller, so words are his thing. And I'm very campy and kind of musical, so we have this combination. Um, but we come together to always give an update to the company of things that are happening in the company. We feature, we interview employees. Go on LinkedIn and you can see the the the, the trailer for our hundredth episode because um, it's always it's always featured. Uh, it's always featuring a sprinklerite. And sometimes it's on what they're working on, whatever they're releasing for the company. Uh, and a lot of times it's about what they like to do, the charities that they support, the activities that they do outside of work. So we've, we've brought that back together as a center for culture that, that after people have been dispersed, exploring all of that, they bring it back together and share it internally as a community. Yeah, that's that's a that's an amazing story, Tony. And uh, you know, kudos to you guys for being creative about that and kind of really trying to sort of find a new way to engage with folks. Um, how does this work uh, internationally? You know, you said you're in uh, 17 countries now. Does the same kind of attitude work elsewhere? Uh, you have to you have to adapt. You know, there's um, first there's there's the time zones. Um, you know, I've sometimes to do the show and interview people from India, I wake up at 7.30 in the morning and sometimes to interview people from Australia, I'm up at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you know, like, so, so there, there is that adjustment. Um, but again, what, what I like to always do is meet people where they are. 
when we say uh, in the mission statement of Sprinkler, we say uh, we help organizations uh, all over the planet to make their customers happier. And I mentioned it before, it's not making them happy. We're not responsible for people's, people's happiness. We meet them where they are and elevate it from there. And the same way for, for, for employees is meeting people where they are and taking it from there. Anybody who's listening who has ever done uh, improv class will know that the first rule of improv is yes and. You never say no to somebody that you're improving with. If they say the sky is purple, you say a beautiful purple sky and look at those green clouds, right? So, and, and the, the purpose of that is finding common ground and adding value, right? The yes and is finding common ground and adding value. So you don't want to dictate culture. Dictated culture is awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you want you want to inspire culture. You want to create. You want to create a structure for culture. You want to create guidelines for culture. You don't want to dictate it. Um, so, in terms of around the world, you meet people where they are, and then and then you add value from there. Uh, with the India team, they are they are celebrating or just celebrated the Diwali, which is one of their biggest, one of the biggest holidays uh, for them. It's the festival of lights of the triumph of goodness over evil. Um, so you don't force them to celebrate Christmas, even though most of them do, you know, but you, you make a big deal out of celebrating Diwali because it's, it's what, what works for them. So yeah. honoring, yeah. honoring our differences, uh, finding common ground and adding value from value from there. Great. I love it. So, uh, Tony, I'm curious, you know, what does Sprinkler's workplace look like six months from now and two years from now? Six months from now, what's that? Well, actually, interestingly enough, six months from now will be just past a year since we left the offices. Right. Um, we're, we're, we're looking to see what, how, how, the, how the virus reacts through the winter before we make, we make a decision to go back to offices. When we go back to offices, until it is safe to do so health-wise, it'll be on a voluntary, on a voluntary basis. Right? We're not going to make any big changes we're not going to make, uh, you know, we're not going to transform our spaces uh, this time around. We're going to adjust them for people to be comfortable. We're going to adjust them for people to feel safe. At the moment when we do bring back uh, any visitors, we're going to make the adjustments to make sure that we're still offering that hospitable uh, experience. But in this case, the hospital is going to mean uh, safe. Right, it's going to be feeling feeling secure. So keeping keeping safety of employees and anybody else that comes into our buildings is going to be the the primary thing. What it looks like eighteen months from now, uh, I I I don't want to I don't want to announce something here that I haven't told my boss. But I, <laughs> I'm like, hey, CEO, listen, Raji, I'm going to tell you. No, um, I I can, can tell get him on the phone straight after this. <laughs> like, let me text him real quick. Can't build a here, <laughs> Dear CEO, all right. Um, uh, what I what I can tell you is what I'm anticipating, and what I what I've been talking to people in our in our external network of workplace uh, professionals. Every survey that that I've that I've done internally, every survey that I've read from some of the big architecture and workplace strategy companies, and many other people that have done them internally, have all reported a seventy thirty split. Right now, people anticipate that when offices do reopen, 70% of people want to stay primarily at home. 30% of people want to be primarily in the office. Overwhelmingly, people want to uh, have responded they want to be in the office two to three days a week. 
right? Um, and they want to go into the office for collaborative purposes, for team uh, activities, for social activities, uh, and they want to be at home for focus work, which makes sense. I don't think, I think it will be a very long time before we see people sitting in their computers with headphones on trying to respond to emails or doing private work for eight hours just because it's the office. That's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that you can do that you can do at home and then head into the office for your meetings. Sure, you'll need that kind of space in between events and in between activities. So I think that I think that that offices in general are going to be are going to be geared more towards towards that. It'll be really fun to see the creativity of architects and interior designers as they are and they're already doing so the the models that they're that they're putting out for how how you can transform those spaces i can tell you something and i said it to a furniture dealer yesterday i cannot see myself buying any fixed furniture anything that i can't move i can't imagine myself buying it uh, over the next three to five years because we just don't know we know we can project what we're going to do over the next 18 months uh, and we can project what it's going to be like in three years but then there's new habits that are going to form and there's new standards that are going to come out so i can't i can't i i imagine that i will i will grow my manpower to be able to transform a space quicker to use it in one way on one day and another day on another because if if that two to three day split is becomes a reality then you probably have a team that's coming in to do a training and everybody needs an individual desk one day. And the next day you have a team that comes in and needs to do, uh, needs to do whiteboarding or, or, you know, white paper strategies. Like they need to, to uh, put blueprints out on a big pa on a big table and gather around, of course, with masks on, uh, gather around with each other to, uh, to discuss something that they're all looking at. Um, so w would you really uh, source extra space so that you have one type of space for one thing and another type of space for another? Absolutely not. You would uh, just make sure that you have flexible furniture, modular furniture that looks great in one format and you can switch to a different one uh, and have a team to have it ready for them. That's interesting that you mentioned um, that you mentioned that, you know, we're seeing more and more and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, companies now recruiting for head of remote work you know, as, as kind of a tangent almost to your role, right? Head of workplace which and facilities, which was traditionally more so the facility side of the workplace experience. Um, you know, is that something that Sprinkler would consider? Um, I, I know you wear that hat just fine, um, but, you know, building out your team with that extra kind of focus on the remote world uh, or the hybrid world, if you will. I think there's I think there's a couple of, of ways of going about it, and it depends on the structure of on, uh, depends on the structure of the company. I certainly talk to my to my colleagues in HR all the time about productivity and about uh, how how people are feeling and performing at home. Because as I said, it's it's part of it's the new workplace. So so I, I keep that I keep that in my mind all the time. Uh, sure, I can see how how there will be a, a person that that focuses on making sure that people who work at home have everything that they need to be. I don't want to say productive because I I recently learned I won't take credit for this because it was in my words. I recently somebody said recently that productivity is an antiquated measure that no longer works for how for what we really need to measure so what we should measure is uh, are people being creative are people being uh, effective are people 
being able to focus, right? So those are the, the, different, the different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have wellness specialists at Sprinkler that help with that. And we have a learning and development team that helps provide the tools for that. And we have workplace people that are making sure that people feel supported in doing it. So we, we kind of already have a function like that split among, among everything. But our culture and talent, our head of culture and talent uh, has made sure from the get-go that the one thing she wanted to focus on while we were, while we were dispersed was wellness. And we have, uh, you know, we have meditation breaks three times a day in different time zones for uh, and, and guide live guided meditation breaks so that people in, in every time zone can um, uh, can take part of it. We have a physical workout at, uh, around noontime Eastern time, uh, also guided exclusively for sprinkler by a wellness specialist so that people have the option of they don't have to go to a gym. They don't have to leave their house. They don't have to look for something. We have it. We offer it for them. So wellness has been at the center of uh, of, of of how we of um, of what we want people to to focus on, um, and with that, hopefully, they they feel supported in being able to work remotely. Tony, all these things you're explaining are uh, truly remarkable, and it and it sounds like you you guys are really kind of uh, you know innovating in this space and trying to create something that's you know you know that works for you, but is also successful on, on so many different levels. Um, the interesting thing that you were talking about, the survey that you did, the you know, 70-30 split, we, we saw a study by a company that um, you know, creates these little beacons, and they were, they were doing you know, analysis to, to try to figure out you know, what the utilization of an office space was pre-COVID and where it is now. And pre-COVID, the average utilization that they were seeing was somewhere around, you know, 28, 30%. Now it's down to like 2%, right? And I think you're absolutely right. Some of these things that you are looking at in terms of how is the space used, the true kind of plug and play, right? You're kind of creating like a Lego playpen for them to create an office <laughs> function that they need maybe in that hour or in that day. And then tomorrow it's something totally new um, is, is exactly, I think, how this needs to be done. Um, what are some other things that you're seeing, maybe your peers that are they're doing or, you know, folks around the industry that you could sort of, you know, define as maybe trends, uh, if that's the right word? Um, you know, you know, give us a sense of some of the things that, 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 that you're seeing there that maybe others are also doing that are they're interested in that are working. Um, I don't think that I don't think that any trends have 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 started emerging just yet because what, what I do see in, and it makes sense because workplace people tend to be tend to be practical problem solvers or creative problem solvers. So I see a lot of people just making sure that they're using their resources to the best of their abilities. Um, so, so we're, we're still kind of in this, uh, in not, I don't want to say, yeah, we're, we're kind of in this still reacting to it, right? We're not making any, any big proactive, proactive changes in terms of employee experience. There's um, sure. There's a lot of things popping up of sending, sending lunch, uh, lunch cards to people at home or using any of the lunch del- delivery services to still have the experience of sharing a meal together. Um, there's a lot of virtual events happening, but in terms of, in, in terms of, of spaces themselves, I think we're still all kind of waiting to see uh, what, it, what is going to happen 
policy-wise in the United States and uh, the United States mostly, and what's going to happen overall with health around the world with all these uh, with all these vaccines that are being tested and stuff like that. So um, mostly, we're still taking care of our people and making sure that that people are uh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's 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 what I can see as a trend. But everybody's just kind of working with what they with what they have. It's funny that, you know, I saw that you guys have a couple of offices in Australia, right? Um, you know, I, I often speak with my mates back home and they're still so surprised that I'm working from home. Yeah. Uh, given, given that, you know, how well they got on top of things early on. Yeah, but, they also have no you know, cases in Australia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Barely, I think they, you know, they shut down in Sydney for maybe you know, a month, something like yeah. that. They work from home. I'm not sure if it's the same for you guys, but... Um, yeah, I, I'd be curious as to kind of the internal dialogue at Sprinkler between uh, your employees in different offices. You know, is there a similar kind of curiosity or, you know, is there a dialogue between kind of, you know, just people, you know, almost wondering how the others are doing? Yeah. Yeah. So so luckily, because we are because we are cross cross-functional you know the, the uh, or, or, or be because of the because of the global nature of uh, of our of our department the I'll take sales teams for example so sales teams from around the world have the opportunity to they get the opportunity to talk to each other when they're getting together for their business reviews or they're getting together for strategy sessions we have chats on slack that that are going on that people get get stuck so so that builds a little bit of camaraderie and and we encourage one-on-one -on -one conversations uh what those conversations are specifically i i couldn't tell you i can tell you that with the head of with the with the head of sales for asia pacific i had very particular interactions because at the time when he was ready to reopen the offices, I was still not ready mentally for a reopening. But he helped me see that that I was looking at things with with the United States lenses, and I had to and again that that yes and right find common ground and and add value. Um, I had to understand that it that in their case things things were getting back to to a certain type of routine there and by us not reopening offices in the region we were not letting them behave like the people in their country are behaving so you know uh, so that so then it, it becomes a, a, a an imbalance of what their peers and their and their their fellow country people uh, are doing um, and so we had to we had to look at it we had to look at it regionally um, and we started setting plans for reopening offices on a on an individual basis, not even like continent by continent, but like city by city. Uh, and as we were getting ready to reopen places in Europe, well, you know, there there was a there was a spike in cases, so we held back. Uh, but again, we'll be we'll be looking at things on a on an individual basis and, and dealing with things how how the people in that country are looking at it always with safety first. So. You know, Tony, at a time, you know, when we're all going through some pretty challenging experiences, um, we always kind of like to finish off these podcasts uh, with a sense of optimism. With regards to people in place uh, and workplaces, what gives you hope about where we're heading? If, if there is the one thing that I've been the most grateful for throughout this whole time is the, is the indomitable human spirit. 
uh, we have faced we have faced the the most unknown thing that that I can think of in generations, and and we have come through it. Some of us have lost uh, loved ones. Some of us have lost resources. But as a as a people, we've come together to to kind of uh, move forward. I I sense more focusing more on quality of life on having quality of life. And I think that it was very easy before having this moment to make us stop and analyze it. It was very easy to get distracted with the day by day. Think about how many, think about how many uh, invitations you put off because you were either just tired from work or you, it was easier to stay in the office for a couple hours than to make the time to go to this one special event. And one thing that I notice more and more people exploring is how they can add quality to their life. And that can only mean great things for innovation. That can only mean great things for community. And that can only mean great things for, for the human race. That's that's fantastic, Tony. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we've learned a lot from you, actually, and it's uh, very refreshing to see all the new things that you are doing out there that are really changing the lives of so many around you. So, you know, congratulations and stay safe. Thank you so much. It's great, uh, great chatting with you guys. Thanks so much, Tony. Appreciate it.